fire up your webcams and get ready to film your reaction videos. It's Tube Knots Episode 6. Two shoats, one crate. Tercer Lado del Espejo by Stijek. If you like them, Google them. Hi, you found the Tube Knots. This is episode six, and I'm your host, L.E. Hall. I'm Tone Deaf. I'm Pixie Low. I'm FM. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, tonight, we'll be talking about crates and some benefactoring fun stuff and shows. But first, the news. So this week, we had a new toolbar release, version Point 0.420. You guys can make all the pot jokes. It's fine. <laughs> I don't want to call any users out specifically, but I'm sure that one of our favorite users was thrilled about this release, as it included a hidden uh, tool that you can use to toke on any web page, and then anyone that goes there <laughs> after you will perceive the web page differently. Um, <laughs> so... That's a picture that wasn't really touted, but... Uh, <laughs> the contact high. Yeah, the contact <laughs> So dig for it, it'll come up. <laughs> I, I thought, I, actually, oh, no. um, I heard that uh, that it, it goes to the page uh, one before that in your history, thus passing to the left. <laughs> uh, we just have to make up funny things because it didn't do anything, but I think fix bugs, so there's no, yeah. not really fun about it, but... Well, it's also the last one that's going to be compatible with Firefox, too. Oh, that's notable. And, yeah, I guess we were expecting that it would not be. It would be Firefox 3. But So I guess we have to look out for the next version, which is I think is .5, isn't it? Isn't that what we here? Great. So when that comes around, we'll give you the scoop on that. Yeah, that's good. Um, so next, I would like to talk a little bit about PRISC. Um but you guys got to throw in, because I really don't know anything about the game of Risk. I just know kind of the PMOG side of things. It's the game of world domination. Well, uh, there's, like, different people who have armies set in different parts of the world. I think there are six, like, six players in the original game. Correct me if, if I'm wrong there. That makes but, sense, um, yeah. Yeah, but you each start... Some, someone starts out in Australia, even though it's really little and it's, like, the worst thing. And then someone gets like South America and it's huge and it's easy to defend. Um, and you just roll dice to decide uh, how effective one of your attacks is against um, against an, another territory you're trying to invade. And yeah, the point's ultimately to take over the world. And I guess what Zeus is doing with P-Risk, I thought it was Prisk, but <laughs> so, is, to, is to translate, isn't it to translate the internet into a map, which I yes. think he found one with the help of Mercy, and then to to divide that up and have have pacifists uh, vie yeah. for control of the really. students. Unfortunately, turning the internet into a map, I was saving for a later one. Mm -hmm. You ruined that. You ruined that uh, surprise. I can well, edit this, it out. No, this I'm one not, is based around... Um, this one is just the normal map. Uh, the gameplay, though, is based on 
tool usage, right? Tool usage, yeah. Each uh, each battle is going to be won or lost based on a an association's to tool usage, mm-hmm. and uh, the better of a benefactor you are compared to how well the destroyers are at doing what they do best might mean that the benefactors win a battle right. as opposed to the destroyers winning. Right. So that that's where this one comes out down to. Yeah. I was actually planning on, for a while there, using the uh, XKCD map of the internet mm-hmm. uh, with all the sites. Yeah. And if I could, like, be like, oh, well, a crate was laid on this site, therefore it's a plus for that site. But we went away from that because there were too many issues with it. But that yeah. might be that might still come back for a later version. This is nice and simple, I think. I really like this idea. <laughs> yeah, I think mm-hmm. you might um, be the first one to call it simple. Well, no, I mean, compared to, like, engineering some huge XKCD map thing, this is relatively yeah. easier. Because um, I think it's neat that you're, like, expanding this passive culture and all of these tools into... What's actually an active game, and it's really aggressive, regardless of your alignment. So yeah. I like it. I think it's cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, it looks like there's only four people on each team, but it sounds like there's ways that everyone who plays PMOG can can well, they're, contribute they're, to the game. Is that right? Yeah. Exactly. There why don't you tell are, us? Why, the yeah, teams you put are waited already to try and balance it out uh, because the seers will probably have a much harder time getting theirs taken care of than the destroyers or the vigilantes. So the seers have more people on their team than the vigilantes do. But Mm -hmm. in general, the team is only a part of the score. The rest of the score will come from everybody else who's playing, or everybody who's doing PMOG, whether or not they mean to be helping uh, for P-Risk either way. The rest of it will be just somebody who happens to, in that time period, whatever, during the battle time, if somebody trips a mine wearing armor, they're going to help the Bedouins, whether they meant to or not. If somebody right, takes so, a mission, they're going to help the Pathmakers. They just don't awesome. help them as much as if they were on a team, but they still help them. All right, so the next item on the agenda is the Unrealistic Badges game, which is happening in our forums. And it's a lot of fun. I was uh, really impressed with the creativity and imagination that went into all of these badges. And the the basic premise of this uh, wonderful contest that was started by Mr. Bubbles was a badge that doesn't exist. And even if it did exist, you'd probably have to do something kind of strange to get it. And uh, she was asking for images of the badges, Photoshop or GIMP or Paint, I mean, whatever, you know, image modifying software you were comfortable with. She just wanted people to get out and play and, and have a little fun with it. And uh, I I mean, I laughed really, really hard looking at all of them. Uh, yeah. Laura, what, what was one of your favorites? Oh, there are so many. Um, I am particularly fond of the Can't Sleep, Clown Will Eat Me badge, which... <laughs> <laughs> features Pennywise looking really, really disturbing and scary. <laughs> um, and the requirement is to visit the Stephen King website once a day, every day for a month. <laughs> That's so extreme. <laughs> um, in, in the same vein, uh, the number one fan badge features the lady from Misery, and it's just a close-up of her with the hammer, and it's really scary. <laughs> Um, and that one is to visit a Celebrities Wikipedia page, official page, MySpace page, if applicable, 
and at least 10 fan sites all in under 12 hours. <laughs> so, <laughs> that, scary. that would make you a big fan. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm not sure. Mine would be a toss up between Karmakazi's Fail Whale, which you get by refreshing the Twitter's down page eight or more times in one hour, which I'm sure plenty <laughs> of us have done. Um, my favorite badge was the uh, Liberty and Justice for Rule 34 badge, and it is a picture of the Statue of Liberty making out with uh, Justice. And uh, the badge is obtained by flying Slashfic in an unlikely place, uh, which I think is one of the best things ever. <laughs> I, I have to admit that I sometimes look up, like, the worst, the most horrible stuff I can find in written fiction, like, I don't need to have those things seared into my eyeballs. <laughs> but there are some real gems, and maybe someday I'll share them with you. And finally, my last favorite that I'd like to share with you is the Holy Crap Badge for users who use Google to diagnose real-life medical problems. And, I mean, the, the premise of the badge, you know, kind of makes sense. It's just the picture. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I will make sure that it gets put into the show notes so that you can all enjoy it just as much as me. <laughs> She's going to make me type that out. <laughs> we'll look forward to that. And then I think there's an update on the book club, Laura. Is that true? Uh, yes, we have just concluded um, a little bit late, but we've finished our book for last month, which was The Crying of Lot 49, by Pynchon, and we have selected our next month's, which is Ridley Walker by Russell Hoban, um, and that is another dystopia. We're all really fond of those, but this is one in which written language has completely disappeared, so the entire book is written um, phonetically, so it should be really interesting. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm just waiting for it to come from Amazon, and I'm going to fly right through it. That sounds really... I don't think I could ever fly right through a book that was written phonetically. It, it might cause a minor headache. It's really it, difficult. It, I think it'd be interesting to read, but mm-hmm. yeah. it might hurt a little bit. Yeah. Well, I found that with books like this, you really get used to it after a while. Um, like with A Clockwork Orange, because... Yeah, yeah. I mean, re- reading in dialect is one thing. Yeah. Well, like with that one, you have to use the dictionary for like half the book, but then, you know, you've got the rhythm and you've got most of the vocab down, so. Yeah. I I think it'll be interesting, but I will report back in maybe (laughs) two podcasts from now about my experience. (laughs) Great. Can't wait to hear about it. All right. Well, with that, we'll take a little musical break and we'll be back with our panel discussion in just a moment. Shooting Star Dandelion by Stegek. Hey guys, and welcome back. Um, we are going to do our panel discussion now, and we have decided to title it Two Shots, One Crate. But before you get scared, it's actually um, kind of a general discussion about helping shots um, and kind of what our methods are and what our habits tend to be 
but leaning toward the nicer side of things. <laughs> I like how you phrase that, the nicer well, side of things. I, no, it, it works very well. Okay. I just I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say, but, you know, I just talk. <laughs> and you, are, you are excellent at it, by the I way. I think you're wonderful at it, too. <laughs> All right. Um, well, speaking from, from my experience helping um, newer players, uh, a lot of times they, they get referred to me from another player or um, have seen one of my comments on the site, either in the forum or on a mission, and um, will seek me out, you know, send me a P-mail, something like that. And even if they haven't, and I, I noticed they've been flailing uh, for the same way, mission comments or in the forums, um, I tend to send them, you know, an in-game mail, send them a P-mail, ask them what's up, they need some help, some advice, and then I double it with a crate so that even if they don't check their messages, then they get the crate, they get the tools, they get the DP, they get the, the happy little picture and my little note, and Aww. and hopefully they, they learn something more about the game and how the game functions. Mm-hmm. And I, I seem to think that's helpful. I get a I'm lot getting... of, hey, thank you, back. So yeah, getting a message from you, that's like getting a crate from Elvis Presley. <laughs> <laughs> I would be thrilled if I just turned on and I got a crate from you. <laughs> right? That's so true. Definitely. I don't know. I, I, I think I'm kind of ubiquitous. I mean, you are. You know, You're like, you've seen me somewhere on the site. It's not a big deal. Like, I give crates to everybody. Yeah. It's like you see this giant benevolent face instead of hands coming from the sky. Like <laughs> it's always there. Yeah. But well, when it comes down to touch you specifically, that's totally different. This is getting so creepy. <laughs> it's like it's it's like the queen is on your money, but she doesn't give you stuff very often. <laughs> yeah. oh. <laughs> uh, okay, well let's go from Pixie's um Pixie's strategy of being extremely gracious to shouts to mine maybe, where I don't usually interact with shouts, and it's not like some sort of elitism. It's just I don't really visit the forums often. I feel that's where they're they're yipping, you know, and they're they're nipping at your heels, asking for direction or you know stuff like yeah. that. So I don't really interact with them very frequently. So that means that I don't really give them anything, and I'm not trying to be nasty. I leave crates on um, pages that I'm glad if people visit, like the Electronic uh, Frontier Foundation website, for instance. But and specifically with helping shouts, I'll usually point them to Pixie because she knows a lot more about things going on than me. But so that's me. Please don't give me any one star ratings. I I don't hate shouts. <laughs> I just don't see them often enough. Well, that's kind of what I do too. Like I try and litter pages with crates, um, and you know I just put a few items in because I'm not like super well off with tools. Um, but, yeah, like, I try and put them on main forum sites and, like, bacon threads and things that I think it's pretty cool if they're checking out. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were talking about this earlier with Zeus, but, like, when I come across stuff on forum threads that I'm really, like, frequenting, I don't loot the stuff. I leave it there for other people. So, and I, I think that kind of ties into it because it's like, well, you know, I've been around. I don't really need it. I would rather leave it for somebody who does. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. That is a really good point. And and when I, you know, just can't help myself and I have to loot the crate, I always send a thank you note. Yeah. Yeah, I always thank people. 
I always loot them on my profile, but yeah, I usually will oh, forego yeah. upgrade if if like I stumbled upon it, and I mean I know it wasn't meant for me, then I'll just let it be. Um, yeah. So that's kind of well, charitable. That's like. That's like walking by a dollar in the street, and then there's a hobo, but so you don't pick up the dollar. <laughs> so the hobo. <laughs> it's like that, right? Exactly Very like that. So. I couldn't have put it better myself. Yeah, that is. <laughs> that is I'm, basically a, I'm basically a saint. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> um, I. I like tone deaf. Don't actually spend much time. Um around the shows because I'm not uh, really a, a former or anything like that. But any of them that have made their way to IRC in general, um, I'm glad to help them whenever whenever I'm around and able to, to answer their questions. Um, as, yes, for, that's true. as for crates, I don't actually really uh, use them. Um, but I've been, I've been thinking of, of getting into it. And then after... Uh, no, no, that's all I got. Let's... Yeah. <laughs> Well, I was going to say that's a great excuse for people to head on over to IRC because we always want more people in there talking. Always. Yeah, we give away crap all the time. Yeah. So uh, absolutely. I mean, if, if you're in any need of, you know, a few technical pointers or just DP or tools, there's always someone in there willing to, to give it away. Yeah. And, I mean, it's actually probably easier and faster if you come and talk to us before you post another thread about, you know... Anything. Yeah, <laughs> anything. Anything. Why, why am I not XYZ? Well, are you logged in? What, well, what's wrong? Did I break PMOG? No. <laughs> hey, hey, we got to keep it beneficial. That's, that's all. All right. Well, thank you guys for that uh, discussion and musical break and be back with our feature interview. job by Stegek. All right, welcome back. Um, you're just in time to catch our interview slash funquisition with trustee Mark Adams. Yay! Thanks for joining us. No worries, glad I can do it. Um, Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> we're happy to have you. So I guess my first question is, um, it, well, first of all, could you describe a little bit of your role with game layers and uh, your involvement with PMOG? Sure. Um, I guess uh, technically uh, for game layers, I'm a senior developer. And um, I, I guess I kind of do a little bit of everything with uh, the game. Um, initially, I did a lot of work on the mission stuff and um, uh, some of the forum tweaking, et cetera. And uh, recently, I've moved into um, uh, extension development and API development. So in, in the context of Matrix, would that make you 
the oracle or the architect. Um, there was also a debate about whether or not that would include Sarah, which is the oracle's, what is it? Uh, yeah. Well, um, I guess Sutri would really be the, um, the, the architect, I guess. Um, Mercy is definitely the oracle. I'll, I'll, I'll go with Neo, I guess, you know, because <laughs> you have a cool I know pot. Kung Fu. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. I feel I feel safe on the Internet knowing that. So much safer. So much yeah. safer. Our brains are totally plugged into a system guarded by benevolent. Kung Fu masters. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you can't be a nerd without pretending you know Kung Fu. So <laughs> it all goes hand in hand. Um, so I'm always curious to know how the trustees came to Game Layers in the first place. Um, if, you, if you're if you okay with talking about that, we can Yeah, I, that. Guess, I guess I can't really uh, speak for most other people. Obviously, the, the company Game Layers started with uh, Mercy, uh, Justin, and Duncan. And... Um, you know, they can't they can't build it all on themselves and so they hired uh Chris Watkins cap who um uh, is a really good friend of mine and um he can he convinced me to defect from my previous company and come over to game layers and ever since then it's, you know it's history so but then um, well, go ahead I was gonna ask if you're free to talk about uh where you came from what work did you used to do, and is it related to what you're doing now? Oh wow, that's um, that's okay. nerd stuff. No, but I mean, like, essentially, I the company I came from before was uh, APC American Power Conversion, mm-hmm. and I worked um, in their research and development department on um, in, embedded network devices. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I, I I was curious about what uh, the next incarnation of the toolbar is is going to be, and how it differs from the way the current toolbar works and what is going to make it so shiny and new. Well, I guess the, the first part that um, I'll throw right out there is the, uh, the crate form is built into the extension now. It won't Yay. redirect through PMOG when you're laying a crate. You'll be able to, to do it right from the toolbar. Cool. Awesome. Uh, aside, well, Aside from that, um, I really can't say too much because it'd spoil the fun for me and everyone else. But <laughs> sure, th- there are subtle at, at this point there are subtle visual and behavioral changes that uh, will make the toolbar uh, seem more integrated with the browser. And um, that's cool. I'm looking forward it, to that. Yeah, and the the design uh, removes a lot of uh, some of the existing bugs that we would have squashed anyway, like uh, dropping empty crates, stuff like that. Oh no! Oh yeah. well, I'm I'm actually a fan of not dropping empty crates, but oh well. But I like I like creating like a picture or a, <laughs> a you know yeah a funny phrase or something. But that's oh. okay. I can just leave DP, I guess, along <laughs> with my text love. Hmm. But I guess uh, uh, some of the further changes with the extension, we're not changing at all immediately. It's going to be a gradual uh, shift, and um, it should it should uh, fix a lot of the issues people have had with the extension. And that, I guess that's 
that's enough of a teaser, I think, that uh, uh, it'll keep you excited for when we're ready to release it. Yeah, yeah and maybe, absolutely. And maybe great. just a note, is is the next extension going to be Firefox 3 only? Oh, yeah, that's, that's actually a very good point. Um, it is going to be Firefox 3 only. Um, we base that decision on, on a few factors, uh, namely being that the uh, support for Firefox 2 uh, is going to drop at a rate that doesn't make it equitable for us to uh, backport a lot of these enhanced features for Firefox 3 mm-hmm. to make it work for Firefox 2. Sure. And then also uh, our, our user base using Firefox 2 is dwindling. That's good. If you have an upgrade to Firefox 3, you really should just jump in feet first because, let me just say, it's the new hotness. It's pretty good. <laughs> well, and it's, it's all about security too, right? Yeah. It's a lot more secure. And then also um, Flock just uh, upgraded to be based off of Firefox 3 as well, and Flock's oh. a great browser, and we mm-hmm. work with Flock, so... Yeah, I use Slack for All right, Mark, thank you so much for dropping in for the interview. And listeners, thank you for dropping in for the podcast. Uh, this is the sixth episode of The Tube Knots. And always, this podcast and everything contained herein is released under a Creative Commons non-commercial attribution share-alike license. If you'd like to contact us, email us at tubenauts at gmail.com. Now to play us out, it's Stegiek with the title song off their album, Films. <laughs> <laughs>